Welcome back to Round the Cauldron, where we talk theology, philosophy, and everyday life as a modern witch. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to help other witches find me. Don't forget, you can help support the show at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron for as little as a dollar a month and get patron-exclusive content. If you're ready to hop into the show, grab some coffee, pull up a seat, and join me round the cauldron. What's up, witches? Welcome to my podcast live recording. Today, I want to talk about mental health and the spiritual trap that that can sort of put us in. So I have my notes here, and I guess we can get started. But first, I do need to give my shout out to my patrons uh, for podcast recordings. This is going to be done at the beginning instead of at the end. So thank you so much to all of my patrons. Thank you, Jess, Rose, Renee, Holly, and Blue. So thank you for your support. It really means the world to me. And if you feel like joining me over on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash roundthecauldron for as little as a dollar a month and get some patron-exclusive perks and content over there. So, um, the first thing, one of the things that I need to mention is I have my notes over here, so I'm going to be glancing down at my desk. The first thing that I need to mention, since we're talking about mental health, is that I am not a medical professional. I am not a doctor. You know, I don't have any sort of medical experience when it comes to mental health. I only have <clears throat> I only have my own personal experience in dealing with my own mental health issues. So please keep that in mind. Always consult your physician or your own personal medical professional, however however you choose to do that. Don't take my word for any of that, okay? That, please don't do that. So, um, we can continue. The idea for this topic came when I saw a tweet. So the tweet that I saw is actually linked... Um, down below in the description for podcast listeners that will be linked in the show notes. But the tweet says, the problem with energy doesn't lie and trust your gut memes is they don't account for how social conditioning, prejudice, fear of change, trauma, and anxiety can feel like inner guidance. Exploring our feelings with discernment is key so we learn to tell the difference. And... This was super important to me because as someone who practices witchcraft, who is a pagan and who is part of the spiritual community, I have to recognize that I am also a person with mental health issues. You know, if you've been here long enough, I've talked about it before, but if this is one of the first podcast episodes that you're listening to or one of the first videos that you're watching, I have been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, major depressive disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, and a mild case of OCD, uh, which is obsessive compulsive disorder for anyone that doesn't know. So my spirituality, my witchcraft, and my paganism has to be viewed through the lens of someone who can't always trust what their instincts are telling them and can't always trust what their their first gut instinct is. So I 
I have struggled with my mental health for years. I mean, ever since I was in school, junior high, probably even in elementary school. Um, I'm not, I can't remember back that far. I have a lot of blocked out memories from my childhood. Um, I associate, associate that with trauma. I'm not going to trauma dump on you, so don't worry about that. But there was a point in time where I felt like I wasn't an adequate part of the spiritual community because I couldn't trust my instincts, because I couldn't trust my gut. And it was difficult for me to discern my feelings versus inner guidance. And I feel like that's something that is really prevalent in the spiritual community, whether people want to realize it or not. A lot of spiritual leaders or spiritual teachers or just someone like me who's on the internet talking about their experiences and teaching other people, the idea that you need to trust your gut and that, what was the one, I've seen some that said vibes don't lie or energy doesn't lie or things like that. We kind of need to squish that idea for the whole community. Now, I'm not saying that if you're neurotypical, meaning you don't have any mental health issues, that you can't trust your gut when it comes to the different energies and vibes or feelings that you get from people, places, objects, and things like that. What I mean is that I think we need to rewire how our community views the idea of energy and the fact that everyone can pick up on this energy. Because while everyone can pick up on this energy, not everyone is able to recognize the difference between the energy and their own inner guidance. And that is something that a lot of people struggle with. So this leads me into the idea that I have. And I'm sure other people feel the same way, but nobody really talks about it. The spiritual community can be toxic and alienating to those of us who have mental health disorders. Let me say that again. The spiritual community can be toxic and feel alienating to those of us that have mental health disorders. And we can really see it when you see these memes and you see people asking for advice and the first thing that people tell you is to trust the energy of the person or trust the energy of the room or trust the energy of the object. I can't. <laughs> not, not on a bad day and sometimes not on a good day. I can't because of my mental health. This, okay, so here is an example. With my anxiety and my OCD, I have intrusive thoughts. Thoughts that just pop themselves into my head whenever they want to, and they normally either will play on repeat because of my OCD, or they just won't leave me alone and they will nag at me. And I'll feel it like in my chest or in the pit of my stomach. One of the ways this manifests is with my candles. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see I have my candles behind me, but 
whenever I leave the house, even though I double and triple check that I blew out my candles, in my mind and in my gut, I can I, I feel like I forgot to. Now, for your neurotypical person who might be really good at feeling out the energies and their own inner guidance, that might be a sign to them that they need to go home and make sure that they blew out their candles. For me, I don't know what to trust because is it my anxiety just telling me that I'm in this routine of lighting candles and I don't remember blowing out the candle? Or is it inner guidance saying, hey, you left your candle burning and you're going to burn down your house? And this is really prevalent in the fact that I, I can't trust myself. Because there was a time many years ago, my daughter was about three or four, and we left the house. I had bl uh, blown out my candle, and we left the house. As we're driving around, it pops into my head, hey, you didn't blow out your candle, and you're going to burn your house down. So my immediate reaction is, oh, my God, we need to go home right now. We need to leave the store. We, we need to go. And I had to... I asked my daughter, because sometimes her memory is better than mine. I said, hey, Amory, did, did mommy blow out her candle? Do you remember? And she said yes. And she said that she remembered me blowing out my candle, and she saw me do it. But that didn't stop my brain. That didn't stop me from leaving the store that we were in to go home to make sure that I blew out my candle. I mean, my daughter was right. She had seen me blow out the candle. I got home and none of my candles were lit. And then I felt really embarrassed and like I couldn't trust myself. But the, the premise behind that idea still stands. I have to double and triple check myself. And I can't always trust what my first instinct is telling me. And I know that I'm not alone. I can't be the only person that's dealing with this. And I see... Um, there in the chat, Renee, that it said, you said same with you. And like, that makes, that makes me feel better, but it's also really sad that we have to deal with that. Um, for podcast listeners, I will occasionally be referencing the chat. So if you want to take part in the chat for the podcast, make sure you're subscribed to my YouTube channel. Anyway. Um, so with this idea we know that everyone has intuition. Everyone has a gut instinct, whether it be from a spiritual perspective or from a physiological and biological perspective. We all have things where sometimes we just know something. But what happens in the spiritual community when you can't trust it? What happens in the spiritual community when you can't go to your leaders or you can't go to your teachers or even just your peers because the first thing that they're going to tell you is that you need to trust your gut? I will not go to someone and ask questions if that's the first thing they tell me. And that's one of the reasons why when anyone asks me questions, I all, that's never my answer. Or if it has been my answer, it hasn't been in recent years as I've been dealing with this. But for those of us that 
can't trust our gut, what are we supposed to do? And my answer to that is it has a lot of steps. So the first thing that I would recommend is shadow work. Shadow work, shadow work, shadow work. <laughs> if you don't know what shadow work is, um, you can check out, I don't have a link in the description right now. I'll leave a link in the description and in the show notes later, but I actually have a couple of blog posts and um, a whole YouTube video that's almost an hour long that details what shadow work is. But in part, or in like to, to sum it up, shadow work is the process of figuring out those things that are in your shadow, in your subconscious that might affect your daily living and you don't know it. So this process involves not only that, but becoming more aware of who you are, what your own patterns are, and how to separate your emotions from your illness. Because while a lot of the times, in my opinion, they do feel intertwined, it is possible to separate those out to figure out what, you know, what your body is telling you versus what your emotions are telling you versus what you are feeling spiritually. And this is even true for um, not just those of us with mental illness, but shadow work can also help us unpack any um, social conditioning that we've gone through. So what I mean by social conditioning is, for example, me as a woman, my social conditioning with um, how I grew up and my own personal experiences has led me to have extreme trust issues in being around my male counterpart. And this is true for basically everyone that is not in my social circle. So for me, my social conditioning with this idea of not trusting my male counterpart or being suspicious of them would mean like if I'm walking through the store and it's just me and my daughter and we're walking around, I am hyper vigilant of who is around me, where they are going, and if I am being followed. And this is part of my social conditioning to help keep me safe. But my social conditioning can also make it seem like there is a threat when there really isn't a threat. And that can be a lot to unpack, but it is something that can affect your spirituality and affect your relationships with those in your social circles and in your community as either a pagan or a witch or just a spiritual person in general. So shadow work is something that I feel would be extremely, extremely beneficial for everyone in the community to do. Um, Renee, it's a, you said that shadow work scares you and you're afraid it'll trigger your panic disorder. That's a very valid fear. And Shadow work is a psychological process. And so for those of us who have these sorts of mental health issues, sometimes we can't do shadow work on our own. Sometimes it's not safe for us to do shadow work on our own. 
I myself am slowly working through this shadow work and it's it's never something that like you sit down and you do it for 10 hours and then you're done. Shadow work is an ongoing process. But for those of us that can't do it on our own, it, it's more difficult. But I think it can be done. You just have to go slow. Um, and if you need to, get help. Get a friend to sit with you during meditations. Get... Um, if you go to therapy, speak with your therapist about it because therapists should be well versed in the idea of shadow work because shadow work comes from the ideas of Carl Jung and his psychoanalytical work. They might think that it's woo woo or, you know, not uh, medically sound. However, it it is, you know, there is... There's a lot of, oh, what am I trying to say? It's, val it's a valid form of therapy to unpack the things that are in your subconscious that will be affecting you in your daily life. And I think that is, it's a good beginning step for moving through this idea as a community to sort of dispel the idea that everyone can trust their gut and trust their instincts. Shadow work prompts would be helpful. You know, that's actually something that I have thought about either looking into or um, creating. So I think I'll move forward on that idea, but that's going to take a lot of time. Um, there is also some meditations that I have found. I'll have to find them again, um, or maybe I'll create my own for everyone to use for their shadow work to help them move past this idea. Um, but your, um, oh my goodness. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, other things, High blood sweat, blood, sweat, and seal. Um, other things that can affect your view on your inner guidance also, in, <clears throat> also include your um, biases, your prejudices. And that, that can cover a wide range of things. And I know it's, it's something that we don't like to talk about in the spiritual community. And I know that Kelly Ann actually just did a video talking about how the spiritual community is kind of silent on the ideas or not the ideas, the movement of Black Lives Matter and fighting for racial equality, which is really interesting to me because it makes me feel like as a community, we have a lot of unpacking to do in that respect. But your prejudices can also play a part in your inner guidance. So it's just something to really be aware of as you move through your spiritual practice and as we move through this community. So again, the things that we can do, um, shadow work. If you, if you're afraid to do shadow work, then the first thing that I would start with is just going through the process of learning yourself and your patterns. 
and you can do this by journaling. Journaling, journaling is a very um, valid method of exploring yourself and figuring out what sort of patterns or cycles you might move through throughout your life. Um, for me, the, the phases of the moon, <laughs> oddly enough, the phases of the moon affect my, uh, my emotional state. Or I shouldn't say they affect my emotional state, but the phases of the moon and my emotional state correlate together. We have to remember correlation does not equal causation, but that's something worth exploring. So begin this process by learning yourself, learning who you are as a person, who you are in your spirituality, and what kind of patterns you might have. You can start by just journaling about your day or starting like a gratitude journal or journaling about different experiences that you have had. And eventually you would make a practice of doing this journaling every day and patterns will emerge. You will start to see how you react to certain situations. You know, do you get angry at one specific thing or when someone brings up one specific topic? Or does something make you very upset, um, emotionally upset at like a specific topic or even a specific person? And moving through these patterns of your own behavior can help you get better at discerning your feelings and figuring out if what you're feeling is just something that you need to unpack for yourself or if it is actually some sort of inner guidance. And then we also, as a community, need to stop assuming that everyone can do this feeling of energy, this, you know, feeling out the, the room. Some people can. Like, for, for the longest time, and it still happens today, I have been able to walk in a room and feel the energy of a room and be able to tell if they're, the people that were in that room before were arguing or if they were happy or anything like that. Um, and that has come through practice and um, being able to discern the different things that are going on in the room. Now, I don't know if it is just from social conditioning and the fact that Sometimes I grew up and I had to really learn how to read a room or if it is an energetic practice. I don't know where I was going with that. I'm sorry. Um, oh, yeah, we can't assume that everyone can do it because not everyone can do it. And as a community, it's something that we need to get better at is really being more accepting and inclusive of those in our community who struggle with this because I feel like one of the first things that people always tell you to do when you're getting started in witchcraft or getting started in spirituality is to do energy work. Learn how to read the energy of the room, learn how to manipulate energy and create those little energy balls and feel the energy between your hands. Like that's great and that's a great practice but we need to understand that some people have roadblocks in their way of figuring out 
the different energies in the room and figuring out when to trust their gut and when they can't. Hi Trish! <laughs> it's okay if you're late, it's fine. Um, I'm just glad that you're here anyway. Um, so, just looking at my notes. One of the things that I have learned to do for myself, and it's taken a lot of practice, and it's still something that I practice to this day, is if something is making me feel a certain way, I need to figure out for myself why that's happening before I make any sort of decisions. And this is really hard to do right now in 2020 with everything in the world that's going on right now, um, especially living in a home where there are two people who are the polar opposites of each other. <laughs> but there are certain um, words and certain topics at this point that trigger my anxiety, that trigger that fear of confrontation that I have and that I've had for a really long time. And before I move forward with discussing a specific topic, I have to check myself and realize that I am feeling this certain way because it is a strong topic or because it's something that I feel strongly about or they feel strongly about. And I can't always trust what my gut instinct is telling me. Um, so figuring out those things in a spiritual aspect, I think is very important. So if you are um, going to, I don't know, you're, you're in a store and you're holding crystals or something and you're trying to feel out the energy and you, you know, you have a crystal in your hand and maybe you don't recognize the fact that the crystal in your hand is getting warm because instead of holding it in your hand with your palm, you're, you're, you're cupping it like this that's going to make it warm because, you know, you're, you're cupping it. But going through and I don't know, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but learning how to discern your feelings, discern your emotions, and what is anxiety versus depression versus a stress response versus actual inner guidance is a long, sometimes difficult process, but it is vital, in my opinion, to us as spiritual practitioners, us as witches, and as pagans, especially as pagans. Um, and as a community as a whole, we should not be assuming that everyone is neurotypical and that everyone has the ability to do all of these things. And I say specifically as a pagan, because this is also something that I have struggled with for a really long time. How do I know that what I'm feeling and what I'm getting in my mind are messages from my goddess, messages from Brige? How do I know that what I'm feeling and what I'm hearing are inner guidance or, um, you know, that the candles flickering behind me aren't messages from her or messages from another deity. It's difficult. How do I know that 
the idea of not cutting my hair for spiritual purposes isn't just piggybacking off of something that I saw. How do I know that it's something that Brige wants me to do? Right? These are questions that I ask myself all the time because it's hard for me to know because it's hard for me to discern my own emotional baggage and my own intrusive thought process versus what is actually divine guidance. So, I mean, it's, it's really important to learn how to do all of this. And I think as Renee mentioned, I will be working on some journal prompts that I'll share with you or anything like that. But final thoughts, I guess, as a community, we really need to do better. We need to be better. And we just need to support our, our fellow human beings, our fellow spiritual practitioners, our fellow witches and pagans in the process of learning who we are as people and how to tell our lying <laughs> inner gut to go away or just to, to block it off so that you can actually learn how to trust yourself. It's a process, but I feel like it's one that needs to be done and that we would all benefit from. So, yeah, that's all of my notes. <laughs> so I guess now we can move into the bonus section that I plan on doing now for my live podcast recordings. So I have my phone. I'm going to go through the live chat here so that I can see if you had any questions and get, um, I don't know, your feedback or any other topics that have to do with the idea of mental health and spiritual traps. Um, cause like I said, I think it's really important. So let's see. Not alone, definitely not alone. Used to be better at it. What do you mean? What did you used to be better at, Renee? Um, the the meds that you take blunt it for you um, as far as like trusting your instincts or um, like trusting your gut. I'm not, I'm not sure. I also cannot meditate by sitting quietly. Some people need to be doing something, whether that is walk, knit, or make something. That is where most of my clarity comes through. Yes, I completely agree with you, blood, sweat, and steel. I am not the kind of person that can sit and meditate in complete silence. If I have music or I have some sort of background noise from like my Relax Melodies app that I have, then maybe, but I can't do it for very long. What I do find meditative, and I'm sure you can relate to with your smithing, um, is my crochet. I can sit and crochet in silence for hours, and it's a complete meditative process. And while I do it, you know, I can be working through some of the things that I need to unpack. But meditation doesn't have to be sitting there with your mind completely quiet. In fact, I think. I don't think that's what meditation is supposed to be at all. Right. 
recognize the energies of the room. Oh, yeah. I can see how medications might be blocking that for you. But at that point, you know, you really have to weigh the pros and cons. Like, do you need to read the energy of the room or do you need your medication? <laughs> and I think that's another issue that we don't talk about enough in the spiritual community is those of us that are on medication, while, while some of what we're doing or what we're feeling might be spiritual, we also have to take into account that the medications that we're taking are that they're necessary for us to live a quote-unquote normal life and uh, that, that brings up the idea of like oh well you don't need medication you just need to go outside I could kick everybody that tells me that because it's just simply not true and I think that is another good point that needs to be talked about in this community is that just because you're on medication doesn't mean you aren't spiritual or that, you know, you can quit taking your medication and go for a walk and go for a run and just enjoy the sunshine. It doesn't work like that. And the majority of the spiritual community needs to recognize that. Um, Crystal. Okay. So Crystal asks, how can I help a friend who is going through mental health issues but is also trying to find spirituality? Okay, so this is going to depend on a lot of different factors. I can try to give you a sort of blanket statement or blanket idea, but you would want to work closely with your friend because it's going to depend on what those mental health issues are and how they work through them on their own. Because as someone who has dealt with mental health issues for my entire life, basically, I have a different process for dealing with my mental health issues than someone else. And dealing with the mental health issues is a completely personal practice. So my, my first suggestion would be to get with your friend and if they are willing, don't force them, um, if they are willing to speak about their mental health issues, then listen to them and formulate a, like a plan of action for the next step. So if they are having issues um, with intrusive thoughts, okay, because this is one of my biggest issues is intrusive thoughts. My rule of thumb is that if the thought pops into my head, and it doesn't sound like something I would say, then I either ignore it or if it's not harmful, I might jot it down and see if it might play a role in spirituality at all. So, for example, the idea of not cutting my hair. It is complicated for me because I've always wanted long hair, but it also could be an intrusive thought because of something that I've always wanted, um, or it could be an idea that is being planted in my head by Briege and something that I need to explore. Since it's not a harmful thought, there's really no harm in exploring it further and maybe meditating on the idea of not cutting my hair. Um, I would also have you recommend to your friend journaling to help them work through and um, 
as I said earlier, to learn themselves and to learn their patterns. The whole process of finding spirituality with a mental illness or mental health issues is going to be different than what a neurotypical person would do because some of us can't sit and meditate because of our mental health issues. Some of us can't trust what our gut is telling us. So it's going to be very personal between um, your friend and their spirituality. But there are always little things that can be done. Um, like I said, journaling would be a good idea. And maybe they find something that really interests them. They can go through the process of learning about it. So if they're really interested in crystals, that would be a great place to start. If they're really interested in herbs, that's also another great place to start. Um, especially if they're just starting out in their spirituality, I always recommend baby steps and especially recommend baby steps for anyone that has any sort of underlying mental health disorders that they also have to deal with. So I hope that answered your question. I hope that was helpful in any sort of capacity. Um, and if your friend wants some, I don't know, like, uh, like personal advice or just someone else to talk to that goes through the same sorts of issues, please feel free to send them to my channel and my website and my, I have a Facebook group and, you know, I'm totally open to chatting with them as well and sort of helping them in whatever capacity I can as someone who is also dealing with the same issues. Let's see. You're very welcome, Crystal. And yes, Trish, that is true. It depends on what you're looking for spiritually. Um, so like if they're just looking to connect with the divine or the universe, that's going to be different than if they are looking to um, learn witchcraft or if they are looking into paganism. All of those different things play a huge role in the process that your friends should take. I've recommended her to your podcast. Well, thank you, Crystal. Um, and yeah, I mean, if anybody else is dealing with issues like this or has questions, I'm here. You know, you can leave a comment on my YouTube channel or you can send me a message on my Facebook page or direct message me on Instagram. All of those conversations are private just between me and you. And I'm always here to help or... Even if you don't need help and you just need someone to listen to you, I'm here for that too. Um, self-love, yes, Trish. Okay, so Trish says that they would start with self-love when they found the goddess on them, um, goddess in themselves, their world changed. I'm sorry if this is weird for anybody watching on YouTube, but I'm repeating what I'm hearing or what I'm reading through the chat so that the podcast listeners know what the heck I'm talking about. Um, Self-love is also a great place to start for um, spirituality because a lot of the time when we deal with mental illness, we have this, you know, this um, persona, I guess, that has either been dumped on us or that we have taken on by choice to really either like make ourselves appear normal where under the surface, we, we are sometimes filled with self-loathing or self-doubt or ideas that we're not good enough. 
and that we, you know, why can't we just be normal? You know, that is a question I have asked myself. Oh my gosh, I don't know how many times. I think if I had a penny for every time I asked myself that question, I'd be a millionaire, okay? Self-love is a great place to start. Thank you, Trish, for recommending that. Um, and, you know, the process for self-love is different for everyone, too. You can do meditations or shadow work to figure out why you have the issues um, that are causing you to maybe not have self-love. But it is an ongoing process, too. So always keep that in mind as well. Okay, so we're pushing almost 45 minutes. <laughs> um, does anyone have any other questions or, um, I don't know, something else that you want to talk about that goes along these veins of mental health and spirituality? Um, yes, shadow work should not be taken lightly, Trish. Um, that is something that it, it's difficult. And for some of us, it's really difficult and it's a long process and it's an ongoing process. So please, if you do start to go through shadow work, don't take it lightly. You know, it's not something that you just sit down and you meditate and, you know, you're meditating for 20 minutes and then, okay, my shadow work is done. It's over with. I don't need to do it again. That's not, that's not how shadow work works. Yep. Uh, Trish said that you must have support on the outside. That is definitely 100% true. 100% true. Because if you go through and you do shadow work on your own, I'll use myself as, a, as an example. If I were to go through and do shadow work on my own, I would probably crumble. I would crumble into a heaping mess of tears and anxiety and just a blubbering mess on the floor because I know that I have a lot to unpack. And, you know, it, it's not something that you should go through on your own. So if you're gonna do shadow work, have some support on the outside, whether that's uh, a community that you're part of, whether that is family or friends or a therapist, have some support. Okay, so um, I think I think that's about it on this topic for now. I'm sure I will have more to say on it at another day, um, especially as we go through and move through these movements that we're going through. Um, went through shadow work. I was in a good place with support, and it was so painful. It can be painful, Trish. I'm glad that you had support though. I'm glad you had someone supporting you through your shadow work. And uh, Blood, Sweat and Steel says that shadow work is often a lifelong process. And that is also 100% through, uh, true, through. It's not something that is just like a one and done. It, it's a constant, constant process, a constant evaluation of who you are as a person and the things that are in your subconscious that you don't even know about. So I think we're going to end it here. Um, if you are watching this live stream at a later date, you can still leave your questions in the comments section below. 
podcast listeners, you can shoot me a message on all of my social media platforms or send me an email. I will do my best to answer any of your questions or uh, point you in the right direction for someone who will be able to answer your question better than I can. And I guess I will see you all next time. Um, make sure that you're subscribed to the channel if you're not already. On a Monday, I will be having a video coming out that I'm really proud of, actually. Uh, someone asked me about changelings, and so Monday, we will be talking about changelings. And I will see you all next Thursday. Bye for now.